All right. Um, I know the industry might not have the best name. I'm talking about marketing, everybody. I mean, sometimes I hear from people that this person didn't do right or I didn't get my money's worth. It's a common thing you hear in marketing. I can tell you anybody on this show, we absolutely support. Um, and this is no exception right here. Danny Brought from LMH Agency. It is a pleasure to finally meet you at this event. We got a chance to sit down. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, definitely, man. You've got some good people around you. Um, we were able to sit down and talk a little bit this morning about the work that you do. Um, for those in the community, uh, the blue-collar industries who haven't heard of you, Danny, can you give me a quick background, and uh, we can dive into some of the things that are hot in the industry. Yeah, so I work with LMH Agency, or Local Media House is what it stands for. Um, we're a marketing and advertising agency that specializes in working with home service contractors. So we work with a lot of plumbers, HVAC, roofers, um, electricians. Um, but a little bit of background on me. Um, I actually come from doing door-to-door -door sales originally is where I started out. Um, and then from there, going into inside sales um, as well as working a little bit in the trades. And so, because uh, when I was 18, I actually did masonry. Um, and that was a lot of fun. I was the only person on the crew yeah. um, that spoke English. And so I was the one that was working with the homeowners and everything. And it was, I actually had a blast. Everybody that was on my crew was awesome. And it was a great summer job. And then I was like, dad, this isn't for me. I want to get more into sales and yeah, selling man. and everything. So yeah, um, we were talking off camera, man, how, how unfortunate it is that the trades have been almost looked down upon. I think, I think that ship is turning. I think it's been turning the last couple of years, but during the early 2000s, um, I was I was like graduated high school in 2005. That was nothing that you looked at. It was something. Hey, you go to college or else. Mm -hmm. um, now I think people are realizing that the education in the field and the blue collar industries and the trades is as valuable, if not more valuable, than that college education. It's a positive thing. Well, the thing is, everybody that went to college and goes on that route. All right. Well, what happens when their toilet stops working? They better call somebody. All right. All right. I live in Texas. You guys are in Florida. If your AC goes out, you better get somebody out there to fix it if you can't fix it yourself. Otherwise, you'll probably be looking at a divorce pretty soon mm. because you're going to have this huge fight about the AC because you can't fix it. And her mom was able or her dad was able to fix these sort of things. And so you have to make sure that you have these tradespeople. And right now, what I see as an issue in a lot of different trades is just that they're not able to recruit enough people fast enough for all the work that's actually happening. And a lot of that has to do with the way that society shifted um, to looking at it as like a lower level almost. And they said a higher education, all right? So that means that people are lower if they don't have a higher education and they didn't go to school for this sort of stuff. Um, but the schools are trade schools and you end up making money the entire time that you're in a trade school when you start out as an apprentice instead of just accruing debt the whole time too. Yeah, you know, I, I, yeah, I do agree with that. And we're at a roofing conference right now where the word that bothers me the most is laborers um, or low-skilled labor in order to describe the people that do the actual work at any roofing company. Um, these are not low-skilled people. These are, as one, one of my good clients, you used to call them, these are athletes. Um, try doing what these individuals do, not once or twice, but week in, week out, it is a job to be looked at and said, wow, I mean, I couldn't do it. I know I say that I couldn't do that. Yeah. Um, and I think that deserves a lot more respect than it gets. Um, and I'm sure after you've done it too, you probably feel the same way. Oh yeah, it's so technical and it's, it's backbreaking as well. Um, the work that they do, but also just making sure that you put the nails all in the right place um, and that you understand the watershed of the actual house and all of those different things when it comes to roofing, that it's like you don't understand how much math they're actually doing to make sure that this sh this ends up correct for your house. You just think that there's somebody up there taking care of it for you. Mm. Um, and so you don't understand the, the time 
and the knowledge that goes into getting really good at something. Absolutely, and there's a lot of roofers out there, and I want to transition with this, is they're doing a great roof. All right, I talked to a lot of them, you've probably talked to them, they're doing a good job. There's no problem with the quality of the roof that they're putting on, they show the care that it deserves. And they're sitting there in their market right now in Atlanta, you know, metro area, or something along Tampa, Florida. Man, why can't I get above a million and a half, Danny? All right, like, I'm doing good work, I got good referrals, I got a website that I paid for, but they can't seem to break a couple million no matter how hard they work or try to work on their own management. I'm hoping you can shed some light today for our guy there, what they could be doing wrong and what they can do to do it better than what they've currently done. Um, off camera, we were talking a little bit about some Google local stuff. Can you explain to me the local advertising that these guys are going to benefit from that they could be doing wrong out there, brother? So a lot of people, most people right now aren't on Google local service ads. A lot of people are starting to get on them, but Google local service ads are a great way to get in front of people. It's the top three that you see. Anytime that you're searching for something that's normally like a home service style, um, you're going to see them at the top and they're going to have a Google guarantee check mark on there. Um, and that Google guarantee check mark is essentially that they actually have insurance, um, that they have uh, background checks and all sorts of different things. So Google's guaranteeing them that these are good companies to work with and they're at the top. No, so, oh, stop you. What about the ones that have that little ad? Symbol is that the ones we're talking about, or is there these different? So these ones are going to be these ones are going to be at the top, and they are an ad. Okay, it's a Google local service ad. The way that those work are you only pay for leads that you get. So people will call and they'll message, um, but if you don't actually book a time to go out and do an estimate, um, you don't have to pay for that. You don't have to pay for the lead. Um, you can actually go on and oh, I can't remember what the name is. Essentially, you dispute it. Okay. So you dispute that this wasn't actually a lead, so then you're not paying in the $40, $50 for that lead. Um, and so you show up at the top compared to PPC ads, which are going to be right below that. Um, and PPC are pay-per-click ads, but you also have to pay for every impression that you come up on, um, as well as paying for the click. Got it. So um, the Google local service ads are built specifically for local. But then the other thing is the map pack. And that's what I was talking about a little bit when it comes to local SEO is you want to make sure that you have your Google business profile, have it optimized. Um, and by having it optimized, you want to make sure that you have your phone number, your website. You want to keep continuing to upload photos to it as well. Google likes to see you continue to update your stuff. Yep. Um, make sure that you have the correct hours on there. Make sure that you use the, F, uh, the Q and A. So there's a question and answer section inside of there. You can even ans ask the questions yourself or you can have your friends ask questions that you can answer because it's going to a no click. So there's no click once they go on a search engine. And that's when you look at the new AI that's coming in as well. They're going to be asking a lot of the different questions to the AI that's going to be able to answer them. Well, when people are looking for your business um, and they're looking inside the map pack, if you can do a lot of questions and answers inside the map pack, um, as well as having great reviews, you want to make sure that you have a good review velocity. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're continuing to get reviews. There's a lot of different things that you can use from uh, Podium, there's another big one I'm trying to think of, uh, BirdEye, um, that has it, as well as we have one that's called Local Review, and it does an automatic reach out. So you're, it either syncs with your CRM or you upload a CSV inside of there, and then it reaches out to your customers days after you've, you've finished a project or even the same day, depending on how you set it up, and it sends them a text message asking them to leave you a review um, because you want to have a good review velocity. The other thing is Apple just, just uh, launched another piece called Apple Business Connect, which is like Google Business Profile, but for Apple Maps. Okay. Apple has over 55% of the market share in the US um, for smartphones. And so Apple Maps has been making a ton of movements there. Um, and so Apple Business Connect is another thing that you want to make sure that you have fully optimized with all of your information in there. Um, because I do see coming down the line right now that they're going to start to allow ads as well into the map pack. 
um, with the way that they actually put it all together. It, it looks like they're setting it up to be able to do search ads. Um, and with those search ads, it's very intent based that people have an intention on why they're searching for it. And so that's a good place to run ads as well. Now you kind of, sh that's a lot of information I think yeah. for a person. I'm going to try to break it down to my level. Okay. Um, and folks, you know, that's about fifth grade as I say on this show. <laughs> When I think about it, I put in a search for roofing, okay? Mm -hmm. I think there's a, I'm picturing in my mind, there's some stuff that comes up usually that's within the map. Like I see a map of my city and there's some stuff at the top like that. I remember I see some ads and then there's the first one that pops up too. All seem like they're different kind of ads. Is there, should I be in all three? Like I see sometimes like if I looked up, you know, uh, somebody big like an Angie's over there or something, not only are they in... I mean, they're not a local company, maybe not the best example. You see what I mean? Yeah. They would not only be in the map section, they'd have an ad, and then they may be the first one that pops up. Is that like a trifecta of where you want to be? Or so, is it not necessary for some of the others? So essentially what that's doing is they're taking up more of the SERP, which is the search engine, search engine rankings page, mm -hmm. um, and they're dominating that because most people aren't going to go past the first page. Google no. just came out with an infinite, infinite scroll now where it just goes right past and there is no first page. It just has a break in the middle and then you continue to scroll on, which is helping people to get into the second page of actually looking at stuff instead of having to click into a new one. It just infinitely scrolls. Um, but yeah, you want to have as many pieces up, up in the top there as you can possibly have. Um, and a lot of those are organic. So what you're saying is first you have the ads, then you have the organic stuff, um, which would be the map pack. You can also get in map pack and ads if you're not showing up at the top already. Okay. But there's also local search grid rankings um, that you can look at. These are different tools. If you're working with an agency, they should be able to tell you where you rank in each different area too. And when I say each different area, I'm talking about a city. So if you look at like the city of Dallas, for instance, um, you should be able to put something up and then have different grids. And I would even get smaller than that because Dallas is huge. Mm -hmm. I would go into dominating locally in one area. And then from there you scale out and scale out. So if you started here, let's say that it's Louisville Flower Mound area, you're here. All right, now dominate this area. And then from there, you can go out farther and farther. Yeah, it's kind of like your base, your home base is your office. I would say dominate within five miles of your office. Mm -hmm. um, and if you can't dominate that five mile area, why are you trying to go out to 15, right? Exactly. Um, it's a good it's a good way to look at it. But I think your 1.5 guy, you know, the guy who's doing good, but just can't get over, he might be thinking, Danny, like, come on, man, I don't have the money to be able to do that. I'm, I'm paying myself and I'm paying a few guys, but that just seems like these big companies, they got me by, they got me. I'm, I'm tied up, bro. Mm -hmm. um, with your company and what you do there at LMH, are you still able to help that guy to be able to play with, I'm not saying the big boys, but at least be able to play with a medium-sized guy and start guarding himself some brand and some business from that? Yeah, it just depends on where they're at and where they're looking to grow as well um, to be able to help them to get that. Um, when it comes to smaller, when you're looking under $2 million, um, and a lot of times what happens when it, in business in general, to get you can get to two million on accident, mm -hmm. but to go from two to five million, you're going to have to have processes and procedures. So that's also something to look at: is making sure that you have good processes and procedures within your business to be able to grow to that next piece. And part of that is your marketing. Um, and so working with an agency that's actually going to be giving you reports um, and is held accountable to what they actually do is a big thing. You don't want just somebody who it, you don't know what's going on, and so you hire somebody, um, and then that person isn't somebody who's giving you the reports and the numbers that you actually need to see. Um, they should be educating you as well on how all of these tools work when if you, you don't have somebody. We're going to be right back to that podcast, but everybody, you know one of my favorite companies to talk about is my friends over at Equipter. Aaron and the entire crew over there have changed the way that contractors handle their job sites. If you are still using a dumpster, 
What are you doing? This isn't 1983, folks. Stop dropping dumpsters in the front of houses or in the front of a business to get rid of debris. You need a dumpster that works for you. And that is exactly what Equipter is. I got some videos playing right now of everything the Equipter can do from its movability uh, to the way it lifts up right to your job site and makes it more efficient, makes it more cost effective. So you make more money and get more jobs done. Head over to Equipter.com. The web address is right across the bottom of the screen. Get with the times, become a modern contract, everybody, and get rid of that ugly dumpster that's sitting out in front of your job site. Get with Equipter, Equipter.com. All right, and now back to that podcast. Sorry to interrupt there. I apologize. Yeah. When you step in front of these roofers and, you know, anybody in the trades, let's say, um, and you've done work outside of the trades, I know, from our conversation, but I'm really, this is more of a blanket thing. How many of these guys are really screwing up? Um, Because when you step in front of them, I know you're doing this comprehensive review of where they're at, and I know it means a lot to you. So when you look at it, are you ever just like, man, this is, you ain't doing jack right. Who'd you pay to do this? Um, How often, if you do, how often is that kind of stuff happening? It happens more often than I'd like to say, um, because a lot of them, they go with the company who's the largest or they go with the company that they've heard the most, um, but they don't hold the company accountable. What I've also heard from other people that I've talked with, and I did an audit for them, and I said, you need to go to your company and tell them these things. I had a guy actually this morning that I was talking to. He's in junk removal, okay. and uh, he went to he went to his agency because he's with College Hunks, and he went to the agency that works for all of College Hunks, and he's like, "Hey, I need to see better results." I, he was paying like sixty to seventy dollars per lead. He now is down to twenty dollars after I went through, and I was like, "Hey, you need to tell them to do these things, and if you can't, I can talk to you about bringing you on with us." But first, try and get your agency that you're working with that you've already invested in to make these changes. And he said that his leads have just shot up through the roof by him holding them accountable um, yeah. to it. Yeah, I think that marketing tends to speak a language. And my, I'm just, I've been on both sides of the equation where maybe you can speak the language and you can't. And sometimes the person even selling you the product doesn't understand the language. They're sales. They're trying to just get you on the promise in which they can deliver. They're not, they're not focused on the details of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the details matter when you're in the marketing. example I use is, I'm sh- again, this seems very, I don't know how you put it, maybe elementary, but how many of you out there can tell me what your company does in one sentence? And not many, I found. Most of, well, you know, I'm roof. I do siding. Well, we do siding as well. And uh, we got this side stuff where, you know, we, we do insurance sometimes. Um, we're mostly cash. We've done commercial here and there. What do you do? Mm-hmm. Because it's very difficult to, to have that audience or be at the top of a search if you can't name what you even do as a company. Well, also, it's like, what do you do? But what sort of benefit does it bring to your customer all in one sentence? Got it. It's like, uh, what, what sort of pain are you solving for them? Like, we're a, we're a digital marketing agency that specializes with home service contractors to get them more lead and grow their revenue. Yeah, I was talking about this earlier on a reel, um, where if I walk up to somebody, well, I do roofing. Yeah, <laughs> great. Uh, but what can roofing do? Or, you know, for video, you know, we create video content, or do you create incredible video content that engages an audience to build a brand that establishes you with the authority in the industry. There's a difference in the way that you say it, and I'm sure you mm-hmm. see that in how you market to an individual that's out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think people should sit down and take 10 minutes and write down a sentence, you know? What does my company provide to the customer? What benefit do I provide to them so that I can focus on that? People don't take 10 minutes, yeah. Danny. It's unbelievable well, it's, out there. It's, it's, it's difficult. It's not an easy thing to do. No, it's not. And so it's racking your brain and really taking the time to sit with the tough stuff, um, to be able to go down that route of 
who am I? Who do I want to be? And it's, it's really looking into the future too. It's planning. And so it's like, all right, who do I want to be? I went through a workshop actually in Florida with a guy named Scott Mann, okay. um, who's a Green Beret, like 18 years. And one of our things was our story. All right. Well, we would take 15 or 20 minutes and we'd sit down and this is a little bit different, but we would think about it. All right. So after we pass the person that was next to our deathbed, how are they going to talk about us? five years down the road, they're at lunch with somebody else. How are they going to talk about us? And you're really looking at your legacy that you're leaving. And he called it your tracks. Mm -hmm. um, and he's like, what do you want your tracks to be? How do you want people to see you? And then you got to start living that way. It's the same thing with your company that you got to look at it. All right. How do I want to be perceived? And what are the main things that I want them to look at? Mm -hmm. um, and I want people to see from our company. And those a lot of times come down to your core values, but then you can take that and put it all into a branch statement like you're talking about. Yeah, the, the core values thing is like a, somebody finding their why for me. I'm on a big thing right now that I'm so tired of hearing speakers to find your why in your company. Well, you know what? A lot of people find their why and they go out of business two months later or two mm -hmm. years later. Your why doesn't suck unless you got to execute on your why. Yeah. Um, a lot of companies out there, though, I wonder what your opinions are about this. They execute on the things we're talking about and they do well, but there's turnover in companies. You start for three years with somebody, you like them, and then they're gone. And you say, all right, Danny, you know what? I used to like working with XYZ company over here, but they're gone now. I need to make a change, fresh look at the things, and I need to get going. Um, we talked off camera. There's a problem with that sometimes. We see it even when we're creating content. It's like, well, that content, I saw great content on your website. Let us have that for some B-roll. And they go, I actually can't get to that content. Well, why? Well, we fired our, our company that's managing our site. So what? You created it. Just ask him for him back. I'm sure they have it right there. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be able to. We're in a little conflict right now, Danny. Why? I've, I've never understood this, but maybe you can shed some light on it. We dealt with this about a week ago with a client. Why can't, what happens in that case if you ever are to leave a company like yours? What is that all about? So our company is a little bit different in that we want you to own every single asset of what you have. And that comes from me being a business owner with multi, that I've ran multiple businesses is I think it's dumb for somebody, an agency or anybody or anything to hold somebody hostage to something that does no value to them. Um, so there's no value for them without that company being on board of them owning your Google ads. They're owning your uh, uh, Google analytics. They own your website. It has no value to them except for them to hold you hostage. Um, and so when it, even when I did video production for a long time, I would give the raws away. Or I'd, I made them pay for the RAWs. I, I, I would have it as part of the package that they could get all the RAW files if they want to purchase the RAW files. So that, that way they can edit it into anything else five years down the road. Sure. But they can actually own it, own it as a piece. They're, they're paying the end thing is one video. All right. Well, for the RAWs, it's $1,500 extra. You can make 10 more videos, 15 more, 30 more videos out of this of all the stuff. But you paid for one video, so here's the add-on, and you can have all the RAW video to do anything with. You should hold on to all of those assets because down the line, when you want to make a video, let's say you, now you've been in 20 years, hmm? you've been in a business and you're like, all right, I have all of this stuff. Make sure you have it on a hard drive and you actually own it all. Yeah. Same thing with your website. Like our big thing is we build the websites, we code them. They're all um, custom, but you own the code of your website. So you literally can take it and go put it on a different server. If you were to leave us, we're going to make sure that you have every tool to move forward and be successful in your business because that's ultimately why we're in business is to help you grow your business. So if there's for some reason that we split up, we want to make sure that you guys have every single piece to make you successful and not hold stuff back. Yeah. We're going to be right back to that podcast, but let me ask you a question. Any business owner, if you want to be successful, you've got to know how your day is going to play itself out. You've got to have a work flow to your everyday. 
And it's no different from a business owner to a sales reps to an operations director. You've got to know what needs to be accomplished in order to be the most successful version of yourself or your business. That workflow, as you grow and scale your business, you can't keep it up here in your head. You can't keep track of it on, on spreadsheets or on pieces of paper, okay? These are made for notes, not for what you need to do every single day. That is why we are proud to partner with Leap, and I definitely assure if you get in touch with them, you're going to be able to organize the workflow of your day much easier. Leap is the all-in-one CRM software for contractors across the United States. It doesn't matter what your workflow is. That's the awesome thing about Leap. You could be a roofing contractor. You could be somebody who's in landscaping, siding, any kind of work in the trades, and they have a customizable platform to ensure that you know exactly what's going to get done with your day and when it is going to get done. Get over there, get with Leap. I'm going to put the web address right across the bottom right here and get your workflow organized with your day. Get out of the spreadsheets, get it all out of your head and never miss another deadline. And now back to that podcast, everybody. And you know, in business, I think we get, especially in the, in the trades, you get very caught up on the look of the website. Hey, this thing better look bad. You know what I mean? Because you want your friends and you want your colleagues to look at it and go, this is amazing. Um, but I would venture a guess, and correct me here, and tell me what your thoughts are, that there are probably a lot of great-looking websites that when you get behind the doors right there, start to fall apart quickly. I'm wondering from you, um, you, you said you gave that advice to somebody when the college hunks thing and moving trucks the company. Mm -hmm. What one piece of advice would you have for the listener out there who says, I'm listening, Danny, I got it. I just don't know. All right, I get leads every now and then. It's a funnel, you could call it. Maybe bringing in 10 to 15% of my business. Hey, Good. Okay. How can they begin to conceptualize how to start looking at this to figure out if it's good or bad? So that really comes down to data. It's about having all of the data and really lead tracking all the way through. You should be able to get it all the way to your revenue. If you can't, then you need to start looking at how you can track better. Um, if, if you're tracking your forms, if you're using call tracking metrics, you're using call rail, you're using service Titan, you're using any of these different ones out there that have different tracking numbers, you want to make sure that you have all those phone calls recorded and then they should be going into your CRM and then your CRM should be linked to what the deal amount was. So that, that way you can actually pull an actual revenue number based off of where these leads are coming from. You should have tracking ones where at roofing, so you should have them on your yard signs, you should have them on your door hangers. Those should be tracking phone numbers so that you can tell exactly where the calls are coming from. Um, but it's a little bit more difficult when they start going to your website. Um, but you can tell that it's a web traffic lead, but where did it come from? Sure. Um, and so that's where you got to understand, did it come from Google? Did they Google us? Did they do? Uh, did they come through a different route, a referral route? Um, but making sure that you're tracking everything is number one, and then looking through it all and understanding how much revenue is actually coming from it. Yeah, I think one of the mistakes I see on these websites is not having a click-to-call button or where I have to go in there, I have to copy it, I have to look at my phone, or I have to actually dial it if I'm looking at that. Mm -hmm. It's extremely frustrating. It can be changed, I would say, pretty quickly right yeah. there. But I can then track where it's coming from, and at the same time, it's ease of use for the contractor. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I think is is something they should be I'm looking at. Yeah, please. Like, what do you got? That's our website. 
Look at the bottom. I love it. Within the mama test, I call it. Within <laughs> a very short amount of time, my mom could find out how to get three seconds to get Boom. hold you. You're there. You just press that, and it'll call right away. See, it's that's at the bottom of the website. We create a lot of contractor websites that way. Mm -hmm. um, it's all about having big CTAs because the main thing is getting them to take to do a call to action. Yes. Um, and so we have CTAs all over the place, um, so that, that way they can as easily as they need to be, boom, they can call, they can send a message, or if you use a scheduling service, they can just schedule right there yeah, online. I think that most contractors who are listening probably have some combination of good-looking front page, contact us now, a little form that looks like five things, and that's it, and that sends a form into somebody's email. I'm going to say most people at the you know two to five, that's about what they got right there. Mm -hmm. um, when you do you see that a lot in the field like that's the basic level of what a lot of people have i see that from big companies that are doing 70 million dollars a year yeah. to small companies as well but then i see a lot of people who have a lot of good content inside of their site um, because the other thing i was talking about this earlier like is is written dead um, written content for seo because we see videos popping up ahead of them well those videos even have written content that's the descriptions that's um, all the tags that you're putting on the video inside of there but then you can take that same piece of video you can transcribe it and then turn it into a blog um, and you can make one video into 20 different pieces of content to put different places um, but are you adding value to the people as well with the content that you're putting on your website or is it just all sell 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 oh good point so that content i don't think is something that's used very often um, and I also believe that most companies don't have a video that can explain to me who they are very quickly. I saw on the top of yours, you've got a video right there. Mm -hmm. I think that that's something people want to watch. And if they don't, you can read. But I think that anybody in the age of 40, 45 right now says, yeah, show me some highlight video. You know, show me a hype video, as I say. What are you about? And then give me a minute or two there. Um, and then the rest, I'm like, oh, I trust this company or I don't trust this company. Let me move on. It's a great way to build that trust immediately and get them involved with you. I like that on the very top. Yeah, and with the video too, the one thing that I see too many people doing is they'll just take a video and then they're just like, it's a music video. They just lay a bunch of clips over top of music and then they don't have any talking. They don't have anything that connects. When it comes to video and having that on there, you're going to see people. You're going to see our team, which automatically builds more trust mm -hmm. um, from a consumer aspect because when, and it's actually one of our employees that did the voiceover for that video too. Yeah. Um, and so you actually see who the people are and then it's talking to the pains um, as well of the people that we work with. Just the same way that if you're a roofer or depending on what industry you're in, you're talking about the specific problem that the person's going through because they need to identify that you know where, why they're there within three seconds of coming onto your That's website. It. So that, that way they'll go deeper. Then you can get them out of the awareness and then you can get them more into the intent and bringing them down the funnel. Um, but then also being able to capture those people so that you can continue to market to them. Yeah, one of the things I tell my clients, I always start off with this one. I give them the advice to do it. Some do, some don't. Uh, you got those pictures, like, hey, this is uh, this is Patrick Carr, our sales director, and it's me going like that. And it's just Patrick went to University of Florida, blah, blah, blah. Why would you not put that into a video? Why would you not just put that onto your YouTube and link it? You can make it hidden if you want so that other people don't have to see it or you're not mm -hmm. part of your brand. Yeah. But why don't you introduce that person? You know what I mean, Danny? Why don't you show, why don't as a company you show, hey, listen, I care about you enough. I want you on our website. I want a bad, you know, let's look at video. Well, especially if you're going to people's houses. Yeah. Like I talk about this yeah, all yeah. the time with like home service contractors in general, like plumbers, they're going inside the house or electricians or HVAC. They're going to be on the interior of the house. You want to know who's coming to your house before they go there. So yeah. if you're able to send a bio of the person and then even have a video of them talking and something that maybe shows their family and what they like to do and those sort of things, it's going to then make them feel way more comfortable with that person coming in their house. 
um, yeah. as well. And so that's one thing that we do is we actually have like bios yeah, that, man. in the websites that we build so people can just copy it and send it. Hey, Matthew's going to be on his way. He'll be there around 10 o'clock. Learn a little bit more about Matthew. Here's a here's a bio of him. Yeah, so those are things I think that are easy to do because mm-hmm. that people aren't doing them. Um, the other thing I saw. Well, it's because when they're small business owners, they have they've got ten million other things going on that they're trying to do. They're trying to think about payroll, and then they got taxes coming up, and then they got to make sure that Bobby showed up to the job over here. And there's just so many different pieces that are going on, and so it's really about becoming very systematized on every single thing. Yeah, I know you can help them with that. The last point I want to make, and then I want to kind of introduce you to the audience, just tell them how they get in touch and what they need to do. Um, a good way to find out, in my opinion, we were talking about the the, the ownership of websites. Mm-hmm. I, and no one thinks about this, but like we said, until it's the wrong time to think about it because they're like, oh, I want to get rid of them, and then they find out, boom, they're hit with that. Is there a quick way to figure out if that website is owned by you or by them? Or I'm not saying it's foolproof. So what it's do you gonna, think? It's going to be in your contract. Okay. It's going to be in your contract. You need to make sure that you're asking those questions up front that, all right, we own this. All right, we own our Google Ads account. If you're setting it up, you should be the one setting it up as a business and then giving access to the agency. Yep. So that way that you know that you own it. If you don't know how to do it and your agency's not willing to take the 20 minutes to sit down with you and have you create it hmm. and then show you how to share it, we have documents and everything and even pre-recorded videos on how to set these up so that people can set it up and then they can share access with us because we don't want them to lose access because, for instance, Google Ads. Google Ads, I think about it like a, like it's a, a skillet or a cast iron. It mm-hmm. gets better over time because it's seasoned because you have all this data that's been flowing into it. You have these uh, quality scores. You have all these negative keywords and things like that and it gets better over time. So if you lose access to it, you're starting over again and again and again each time that you switch. So you want to make sure that you own that so that then you can delegate access the next time to... Um, a different agency that you might be working with. But when it comes to ownership as well, something that just, like Peter Griffin would say, just grinds my gears is when the agencies put their logos at the bottom of everybody's website. It's like, why are you doing free advertising for this uh, for this agency so that your competitors can come to your website and then they're the only ones that are going to click through to that, are going to be your competitors. And then from there, they're going to come to your website, see that, oh, they're working with this person, click through. Now I'm going to contact that person too because I like the website. Yeah. Why are you advertising for free for them? Doesn't make it, sense. It, You're opening a, the door to the wolf. Yeah. Yeah. It's like why? Why even? Why do it for free? Most people, depending on what you do, you have to pay for advertising. Why? Why are you letting them do it for free when you paid them to build it? Yeah. Makes no sense to me. But it doesn't me either. And it's a good way to look at things, right there. LMH, man. How do they get in touch? With, let's say somebody's like, hey, man. You know what? After all, after this, I need to at least get myself somebody to look at things and see where I'm at. How do they get in touch with you, Dan? Yeah, you can just go to our website, lmh.agency, um, or you can contact me directly. It's just Danny at lmh.agency. Um, we'll be able to get something set up, set up a discovery call, figure out what's going on, and see what the real issue is. That's the big thing: is really getting down to the bottom of what's the real issue, and then fixing it from the foundation. Because everybody here that in these industries, you build stuff. You understand that you got to start with the right foundation. Um, and if you don't have a good foundation and you just keep trying to lay stuff on top of that, um, then you're not going to get anywhere fast. So you got to make sure that you really understand that. And so we really dive in deep to understand what the issue is um, so that, that way we can get to where your goal actually is too. Yeah. Uh, anybody in the trades, like this to my roofing contractors, if you want to identify where the real problem is, you better get up in the attic. And uh, that's what this gentleman is able to do. Get behind what you see on top of the shingle, mm-hmm. get into the attic, dissect where the problem is, and I'm confident you'll give them a good recommendation whether you need to repair it. When you replace this entire thing, a good way to look at that if you're a contractor, get in touch with LMH Agency, get in touch with Danny. Um, all the information will be in the comments section here along with the bottom of the screen because I know Russell's going to go take care of that over there. All right. And uh, get in touch with you. 
Man, it's, awesome. it's been a pleasure getting to know you here. I'm glad your team took a time to get to know us a little bit better, and same to you. Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, look forward to having you on again and learning more about you. Definitely. I appreciate it. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it, but yeah. thank you very much. Thank <laughs> you.